everybody. It's Allie, and welcome to our YNR chat for Sunday, September 10th, 2017. I keep thinking back to the conversation that we had last week about why Alice, of all of the people to bring back to Genoa City, why her? And we had theorized a little bit toward the end of last week that maybe Alice was there to serve as a connection point for Nick and Sharon, working together, repairing their relationship. And it is interesting that this week, we started to see Sharon's partner in crime and protector has shifted from Scott to Nick. It seems like Sharon and Nick are the ones who are moving forward the storyline of saving Crystal and Scott is mostly just busy still quipping back and forth with Abby. Um, I mean, uh, Abby... <sighs> is going to be so hurt and on top of that so humiliated when all of this comes out about Zach. He's a bad guy. We know that now. There's no question about it. She has put all of her eggs in his basket, so to speak. And not only is she in potential danger here, but when all of that has fallen away, she's also... <laughs> used Newman Enterprises and her position to end up funding a dating app that was being used for prostitution. And it, that ties Victor to it. It's a, It really doesn't look good uh, on her as far as her career goes, too. I mean, Zach has single-handedly found a way to screw her over personally and professionally, too. What an apple. <laughs> He is. Um, so, Alice comes back to the underground looking for the credit card that she left there last week. And Sharon, who has just become this incredibly strong, smart, savvy woman, stabs Alice's tire with an ice pick to get her to stay put. Gee! <laughs> That's not suspicious. After Sharon took a long, extended, ridiculous, awkward time pulling the credit card out of her purse in the first place. <laughs> I mean, she's like trying, oh, gee, it's just at the bottom here. Oh, gee, I can't find it. So how are you? I mean, it was just really obvious, but also kind of comical. <laughs> I really love Sharon right now. She is a one smart cookie. Um, she's, she's fully, in my mind, recovered from all of the craziness. Like, it's, it's Sharon's craziness and kookiness working in a good way right now, for me anyway. Um, so Sharon's trying to keep Alice at the underground so that she can ask her questions about her job and just see if she can get any little breadcrumbs of information out of her. Nick is fully aware of Sharon's suspicions, and although he doesn't want Sharon to really get involved, I mean, this is the mother of his children. He doesn't want her inserting herself into a dangerous 
situation. And on top of that, he's not entirely convinced that Alice is involved, but he does take a leap and he trusts Sharon's instinct and he actually pulls a move to try to help her. As Alice is sitting there with her flat tire, Nick's kind of been roped into the situation even though he wasn't expecting to, but he offers to change her tire and goes outside and uses his recently acquired secret agent man abilities (laughs) to put a tracking device on Alice's car, like Chloe style, the same thing he did a couple months ago to Chloe. I'm kind of loving Nick right now, too. This is a little bit of a new and improved version of Nick. So these two working together are working for me. Nick is working his magic on Alice's car, putting that tracking device there. And Sharon and Alice are sitting in the underground catching up. (laughs) Sharon's trying to get as much info as she can. And the subject of Cassie comes up. And there, there was just this really unsettling feeling in the air as they talked about Cassie. Alice is saying that she still thinks about Cassie a lot. She even dreams about Cassie and she feels that in some ways Cassie guides her to do the right things in life. That was weird. That felt Odd. Like, this is a woman who we now know is involved in prostituting young women, and she's sitting there talking about Cassie telling her to do the right things in life. Obviously, Cassie has not been coming to you enough and telling you to do the right things in life, but it was a weird little tidbit into Alice's mind. Uh, it, it was just bizarre, and I could tell that Sharon was ready to crawl out of her skin. I mean, this is Sharon's belief beloved dead daughter and Alice is using her name saying that, sh- that, that she's guiding her to do the right thing when Sharon is is fully almost convinced that Alice is involved in this somehow it was it was really unsettling Nick ends up coming back from <laughs> uh, planning the tracking device on Alice's car, sends Alice on her way, and he has an app on his phone that he's using to track her. Well, the tracking device shows that Alice has gone to another house, presumably another house of operation. I'm assuming that they have these these homes all over Genoa City as a place to take these girls or whatever, as a place to do their business, whatever that might be. It's an upscale neighborhood. It's a nice house. And Alice shows up to this new place where Crystal is. Crystal, who we really haven't seen in, I think, about two weeks, is now there. She's just returned. Alice is welcoming her back from I don't know where. I mean, presumably... Crystal was getting a little too, she was going a little too rogue, uh, trying to get out of the business, and they, like, remember two weeks ago we had that big guy goon had kind of seemingly kidnapped her or something, and was showing, uh, having her forced into that conversation with Tessa on the phone, and she was obviously being coerced, and I'm assuming that they did some kind of reprogramming on her. I don't know. I have always thought that she was hooked on drugs. I just can't help 
thinking about her coming into the underground for that first time, itching her skin a little bit. So I almost wonder if they use drugs to kind of reprogram her or something because now Crystal is back in this house. Alice is welcoming her, telling her how much she missed her. She cares about her so much and she really feels that there are going to be some big opportunities for her. Some big career opportunities. Rainbow Girl is going to be a big hit. I mean, ugh, ugh, to take this and spin it as a career opportunity or something good for this, I think, underage girl is beyond despicable. There's just no words for Alice doing this, and especially under this guise of, I care about you. It's just disgusting. Um, Zach ends up showing up at this new house, and he is paying a visit there specifically to talk to this troublemaker girl, Rainbow Girl, and he wants to make sure that she's kept in line. He has overheard Tessa and Mariah talking about Crystal, and he now realizes fully that Tessa is Crystal's sister. He doesn't want any of this to be found out. He doesn't want to let go of, of Crystal, but he also doesn't want to bust up his operation, so he's trying to go there and talk talk to Crystal to find out if she's pliable. Is she still going to be a troublemaker or is she someone who's going to fall in line? And he uses this really, uh, again, gross technique of getting into Crystal's head and telling her that, look, I know Tessa is your sister and I know that you want to be with her and all that. But look, Tessa is having a really great life right now. Everything's going really well for her. If you get involved with Tessa, you're just going to be messing things up for her. So he's he's programming her in her mind to make make her think that any more contact with her sister is going to harm Tessa that she's going to that it's going to ruin her life which Crystal seems to buy I mean the whole time Crystal's saying I'm I'm in it I'm I'm okay now everything's fine I want to work I'm ready to work she's she's fully ready to be em- embraced into this lifestyle again but Zach is not buying it. He sends Crystal away and tells Alice privately to get her out of here. Move her. He doesn't trust her. He doesn't want her around anymore. And I don't know what it means to when he's telling Alice to move her. That's my question. I'm not like, there was a part of me that thought, is he going to try to kill her? Is he going to have her killed? Does he want her like gone? Or is this, is he just, are they moving her to another house? What are they going to do with Crystal? I don't know the answer to that question, but Zach's had it with her. Um, and you could tell in Alice's face that she wasn't happy that this was going to be the outcome. Now, meanwhile, Sharon and Nick have filled Tessa and Mariah in on their suspicions, which is probably not a good idea since Tessa is so emotionally connected. I mean, Sharon ends up sharing with Tessa and Mariah all of the information that she's gathered, including the address <laughs> where uh, where of where this new house is, including a picture of what Alice looks 
looks like. And naturally, Tessa and Mariah want to just go to the house. That's what Sharon wanted to do. Nick has had to pull her back a little bit and say, look, 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 you've got a lot to lose here. You need to think about your children. This is not a safe idea for you to go and do this. We need to wait, see how it plays out. But Tessa and Mariah are emotionally invested in this. So, of course, they take the information, head right to the house where Tessa and Alice are. And Tessa makes an excuse to go up to the door and try to get into the house. While at the very end of Friday show, we see Crystal in the background, like hiding in the background, hearing that her sister's out there, probably wanting to to, to contact her or scream out or say, I'm here, right? Here I am. Help me. But she's, I'm sure, more scared, more confused than ever. Her brain has just probably been jumbled at this point and crammed full of so much misinformation that I I don't, I don't know if she's going to say anything. Um, I kind of doubt it. I just, I, I, I'm, I'm worried about, about what's going to happen to Crystal. I'm worried about what's going to happen to Tessa pushing herself into this situation. Mariah is outside waiting in the car because she she can't just walk up there with Tessa too considering she looks exactly like Cassie that's her twin but I'm kind of wondering if Tessa will end up finding herself in danger somehow like maybe Zach will pop back up and I don't know choke her out or something and Mariah will have to I don't know like run into Tessa's rescue I, I I'm wondering <laughs> it what what Alice's reaction would would be to seeing Mariah. I mean, Mariah was trying to rationalize it, saying, ah, she wouldn't even recognize me. She knew Cassie as a child, and I'm an adult. But they look still. She looks, she has a very distinctive look. I think that Alice would 100% probably have a, a heart attack if she saw Mariah standing there. She would absolutely have a heart attack. <laughs> or maybe she would have a change of heart. I mean, Maybe if Alice were to have a, you know, were, were to see Mariah standing there, she would have a sudden Cassie-driven urge to do the right thing and maybe bring down this whole despicable sex ring from the inside. Maybe ultimately Alice will, in her own small way, be the hero of the situation. Okay, okay, saying that Alice will be a hero is probably a huge stretch, but at least, like, maybe Alice will be involved and have a redeemable moment. I don't know. Um, Noah is such a great guy, right? I mean, what a nice guy. He takes the time this week to talk to Tessa about who her sister is beyond just being a victim. And he asks her about Crystal's personality. What are her likes? What are her dislikes? Who is she as a person? And it was a really tender moment. I do think that Noah and Tessa have undeniable chemistry, but I still find myself not feeling entirely 
trusting of Tessa. Is anybody else in that boat? I want to trust her. I see her as a victim right now, but there's just still something in there that makes me hold my breath when it comes to her and also when it comes to Noah. I'm worried that he's going to end up getting hurt in all of this. I mean, they're definitely bonding Tessa and Noah at the same time. Tessa is also bonding with Mariah. They share a connection about their sisters. I mean, knowing that Alice is involved in prostituting Crystal, or at least theorizing it, I mean, Cassie could have wound up exactly like Crystal. That is a horrible uh, scenario to even consider at, for Mariah, for the audience. And not only that, but Tessa, if she were a few years younger, could have easily been dragged into forced prostitution too. This week, Tessa did reveal a little bit more about her history. She tells Mariah that her father was a low-level drug dealer, abusive to her and to her mother, um, and apparently he was running drugs out of the family home, and Tessa witnessed guys coming in to get their drugs and she had a you know a feeling that they were wanting more from her and just imagining that that totally happens and it's so disgusting I feel dirty talking about this storyline um Tessa left home because of this situation, obviously. And she vowed to come back for her sister as soon as she got established. And I guess maybe part of Tessa's conflict is the fact that she did kind of fail to follow through on that promise, right? And that does... It, 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 it puts Tessa's character into question just a little bit, right? I mean, I'm just thinking to myself, if I was in Tessa's position, and granted, she is young, and it's hard to know what to do when you're in this dysfunctional um, family situation, and, maybe, and your parents haven't obviously guided you correctly, but if the worst case scenario is that your younger sister is going to get raped by druggies that are coming into the family home, then I would have ran away with her when like as soon as I left I would have taken Crystal with me or at the very least I would have gotten her out of the home well before it came to this so maybe that is why Tessa is ashamed maybe that's what it is about her character that's that's raising the red flags for me maybe it's it's her feeling that she has failed her sister and maybe it is that that feeling that makes her, uh, that has made her fought so hard, fight so hard to keep this part of her life a secret. Maybe it's not so much that she personally has something to hide, but that she feels ashamed that she wasn't able to prevent what's happened to her sister. I don't know. The whole situation is still really sticky and it still has just so many question marks up in the air. What is Tessa's connection to Zach? That's the other piece that I'm struggling to put together. Was 
Zach an associate of her dad's? I mean, is was was Zach like one of like was is was Zach in Chicago? Was he a pimp? Because that's exactly what Zach is, right? He's a pimp. Ugh. He's like a high tech pimp in the in the in the digital age. And if that's the case, if Zach is a, you know, if he has some sort of connection to shadiness that Tessa knows about, why is it not enough for Tessa to connect him to what's going on with her sister? The Newmans are a broken family, but they are still a family, whether they like it or not. They don't have to break bread together, but they are related and they are going to be forced into each other's universes uh, probably more often than they would like to be. Um, Nikki this week advises Nick to just don't let Victor be a factor for you. Just just don't play his game. Don't get caught up in it and you're going to be fine. That's what I'm doing anyway this is my strategy maybe it'll work for you but I have a feeling that Nick is going to lose a lot of money on this underground expansion idea because we had that scene at the athletic club between Nick and Victor where Victor's telling Nick why would you fire our fi family financial advisor this guy's made us a lot of money it's just not a smart move son and Nick is very defiant he's so very sure of himself and that just for some reason makes me think that Nick is gonna end up eating his words and have to maybe turn to Victor for uh, financial support. Now Victoria is like completely turned around on Victor. She is back uh, being daddy's uh, little girl. A little by little, she's gotten there. She's been asking him for business advice. They sit down for dinner. Uh, she asks him what she should do about Brash and Sassy. And then she turns around and takes his advice. She really respects his opinion and wants to incorporate it. Just don't ask for Victor's romantic advice, Victoria, if you, if you can avoid it. Victor has not been able to keep a relationship together for more than a year at a time and he is certainly not going to approve of your newfound hope that you and Billy will be getting back together any day now. Phyllis versus Victoria. Who will come out on top? <laughs> Last week's poll question had 76% of you predicting that Victoria will be the victorious one when all of the dust settles. Um, I think so too. I, it seems like the consensus, and this is how I feel too, is that Victoria probably will come out on top, but we're not all entirely happy about it. <laughs> I can't help feeling a little sorry for Phyllis in this situation. Phyllis does a good job of acting like she's tough, but she's not the same person that she used to be, literally. <laughs> I think this Phyllis has all of the same insecurities, but none of the, um, the I don't know, the, the 
desperation, like the, the, the just abject desperation that would cause her to put an octopus in somebody's bed. <laughs> like that Phyllis is gone and this Phyllis has to find different means uh, to get what she wants. And Victoria knows exactly what buttons of Phyllis's that she can push. Actually, um, Victoria knows where all of Billy's buttons are too. Um, Victoria knows where a specific button of Billy's is. <laughs> In fact, so after months of playing it cool and, 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 and not going after Billy, Victoria this week just goes in for a kiss. It is more than one kiss, actually. It's a mini makeout session, which Victoria pulls away from. Oh, 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 this was a mistake. Please. Billy was in the kiss. He was one away. And Victoria says, I can't. Oh, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. No, this is this is bad. Like a fox. <laughs> oh man. Of course, they pretend that they're they're going to say we're going to pretend it never happened. Let's just pretend it never happened. <laughs> Sure. I mean, Victoria has Billy right where she wants him. She's got herself in, like, the victim spot, in a way. I mean, she's got Phyllis looking like uh, the big bad harpy, and Victoria is this strong woman, but who's fighting against the world to save her business. I mean, she's she's got Billy right where she wants him. Um, Billy gets home. <laughs> from kissing Victoria and Phyllis busts herself about Benjamin Hockman thinking that Victoria told him the whole thing. Um, I mean, honestly, I think that was pretty, I think it was kind of a good gesture on Phyllis's part because the Benjamin Hockman thing is not that big of a deal, but she wanted to be honest. She wanted to offer up this new version of Phyllis that that is trustworthy, and Billy didn't know anything about it. I can't help but think that Billy might have been a little less forgiving if he hadn't just come from the office where he was kissing Victoria, and the fact that he was using Phyllis's laptop a couple days ago to to steal Jabot's company secrets. Ugh. There, there just is, unfortunately, in my opinion, a, like a, a guilt in the air between Phyllis and Billy now. I mean, th there's also sex in the air. There's still hot, hot sex in the air. <laughs> but there's a, a guilt and a doubt and a heaviness there, too. Um, I want to see... Phyllis fight back. I do. I want to see Phyllis find her own savvy way that's maybe not just about sex to, to get at Victoria. I kind of want to see Phyllis uh, just like stomp a Victoria a little bit the way we've. it seems like Victoria's been stomping her. I mean, Phyllis is not going to just let Victoria swoop in. Oh, no. We need to see fierce Phyllis back. But I also understand that right now, 
this is a different kind of opponent. Victoria is, it's almost like not about being bigger. It has to be about being more strategic. Phyllis knows that she has to play this one right. Like, it's smarter for her to play nice with Victoria rather than to get all big and do something to scare Billy away, let him know and see that she's jealous or that she's being manipulative. She, ha she has to be smart about this one. I think that in a lot of ways, though, Victoria is in the same boat. She can't show her cards to Billy that she is wanting to get back together and just waiting for Phyllis to trip up. So in front of Billy, both of these women agree to bury the hatchet, <laughs> but the hatchet's handle is still sticking out. I think both Victoria and Phyllis are gritting their teeth, looking at the buried hatchet, and they both want to like grab it and, and just like slam it into each other's back. <laughs> That's probably only a couple weeks away. You know it's coming. Oh, Billy in the middle. Um, Victoria tells Nikki this week that she pretty much is expecting that Billy's going to come back to her any moment now. She's she's very excited about the promise of, of everything going her way when it comes to Billy. And Phyllis also is doubling down at the same time on Jack's plan to destroy Brash and Sassy. Phyllis is thinking if we can just take out Brash and Sassy, then Billy won't work with Victoria anymore. I can have him to myself. They're going to have fewer reasons to interact. I mean, there's nothing she can do about the fact that they share children together, but if the company's gone, at least he won't be spending late nights at the office with her, which are, have already, even though Phyllis doesn't know, have already flourished into something sexual or, or romantic. Um, and I tell you, I wonder if what we're going to see from Phyllis is less her being overtly um, manipulative or big in her manipulations. And I wonder if she's going to somehow find a way to use Hillary to do that. I kind of love <laughs> that Phyllis has struck up this really unlikely friendship, I guess, friendship in quotes, with Hillary. They're like a match made in hell. <laughs> Phyllis and Hillary being friends. I mean, they seem to both have a common dislike for Victoria, so you never know. Uh, Jack also is partnering with Hillary, by the way. Um, he has asked her to do a Jabot Parker Beauty promo with the Hillary Hour. He wants to send her some products and have her demo them or review them or use them or somehow incorporate that into Hillary's show. And he's thinking this is going to be great for Jabot. And if it happens to be bad for Brash and Sassy, then that's another bonus. Um, Hillary doesn't want, you know, she's she's under the guise of saying, I'm not going to do anything overtly to help you destroy Brash and Sassy, but sure, you know, we could do some makeover segments. I mean, the wheels are turning in Hillary's head. I'm sure that that is going to come into play. I mean, Hillary, at the end of that conversation with Jack, adds a stipulation that, okay, okay, I'll, I'll incorporate this into my show, but you're going to have to do a favor for me in return. <laughs> And you better believe that Hillary will make sure that that favor comes due. Hillary 
Mary has her fingers in literally everyone's pie. The results of the genetic testing on Julia and Kane's baby are in. There are no markers for cystic fibrosis, so that was just, I suppose, a temporary story to force Julia and Kane together. But more big news came from that uh, revelation. The baby is a boy. Julia is carrying Kane's son. I could have guessed that it was a I don't know why. There's just something that's extra knife twisting in in Lily's heart about it being a boy, I think. I don't know. But I I did surprisingly, I wonder if you guys felt like this at all. I surprisingly felt connected with Juliet having that moment of relief and joy and also fear about the future and what life is going to be like for her raising this child as a single mom. I mean, she's living in a hotel room in a city where she knows no one. It's, it's a sad situation and I can understand even though she's got this mud she has no emotional support and she just allows Kane to embrace her for a moment. I mean, he can't just stand there and let this woman cry and feel all of these emotions when, you know, when he knows on some level that, you know, if everything is on the up and up and as we assume it is, he did this to her. He has to be there to comfort her. So he just like came in and gave her a hug and I just, I, I connected with where she was coming from. I mean, I'm going to assume, I have to assume that she's not lying uh, because I don't have any evidence to support that right now. YNR could twist it, of course, but right now I'm assuming that Juliet's being honest about everything that happened with Kane in Tokyo, and if she is being honest, then I think that Juliet deserves that support from Kane. Juliet wouldn't have done anything wrong, and now what's so wrong about secretly wanting a future with her baby's father? She does want, she wants what Lily has, but if everything is on the up and up, she didn't do anything to ruin Lily and Kane's marriage. I mean, Lily was able to look past the fact that Kane got Juliet pregnant. Her last straw was the lie about Billy and Brash and Sassy. So Juliet didn't have anything to do with the fact that Kane's now kicked out. So I kind of feel like, you know what? If everything's on the up and up, then Juliet deserves to be more than just Kane's inconvenience. You know what I mean? <sighs> I think that Juliet being the pariah of town <laughs> is probably going to lead to something more with her. I, I just wonder if she's going to stick around for the long haul or if she's going to end up getting axed. I, I did enjoy the scene where Juliet called out Hillary um, at the club. Like, Hillary 
was BFF with Juliet when she had something to gain, when she was pushing her into the sexual harassment lawsuit. And then as soon as Juliet had nothing to offer Hillary, now every interaction they have is Hillary being downright cold and rude to her. And it's really only because Hillary has some self-created vested interest in Lillian Kane getting back together and that she wants Jordan away from Lily. So Ju Juliet is just an obstacle to what Hillary wants. So she's so rude to her now. I, I really kind of love that Juliet told her off. Juliet has been Hillary's like tool for months now. And I thought it was about time that she showed a shred of brains. <laughs> At the same time, though, I also really appreciated Hillary um, giving Lily a little bit of a reality check. They ran into each other in the elevator and had this little uh, just catty uh, fight, a little mini fight. And Hillary said to Lily, you think you see through me? Well, I see through you, sister. Um, you know, you're running around town acting like you got a new boyfriend in Jordan while you're pushing Kane away indefinitely. So let me give you a little bit of advice. If you keep stringing Kane along, one of these days that string is going to break and Juliet is going to be there to uh, pick up the pieces to welcome him with open arms. And I do think that Hillary has a point on that. Like, I can kind of, no, I can completely understand why Lily kicked him out. I can completely understand why she would punish Kane for weeks, maybe a month, maybe two months. But but now I don't know what it's like to go through a marriage separation. But at a certain point, it seems to me that you should either decide to break up or to work on it, to move back in, because the longer you stay apart, the more you're going to grow apart. Kane is finally doing what needs to be done in order to make his situation better. He is being sweet, he's being sincere, and more importantly, he is being honest with Lily. He shares the news with her this week about the baby, telling her it's a boy. It's it's so hard. It did it felt like just like Lily was getting hit with a ton of bricks in that moment because Kane is trying to do what she's asked of him. She's asked him to step up and to be there for Juliet and for this child, but at the same time, it is incredibly painful for her, and it's incredibly painful for Kane. He's trying to navigate this new world of his. He wants to figure out how to reconcile his relationship to Juliet, his relationship to his unborn son, while making it very clear to Lily and to Maddie and to Charlie that that's where he feels his home is. It was Lily and Maddie's first day, or Maddie and Charlie's first day of school, and it was really cute that Kane came over to make them a big pancake 
breakfast, as is their tradition every year, probably since these children have been going to school. That's what their tradition is. And the parents put the children first, put the family first, and try to keep up the tradition that the families had. I thought that was really sweet. I appreciated that Lily let it happen, that she didn't let her personal feelings and her marriage come, you know, between the feeling that the family has, you know. She allowed uh, Kane to come into the home to make the pancakes. She participated in the whole thing. She was not closed off. She was absolutely gracious and graceful as always, really. But even pancakes cannot heal this family. If only it were that simple, right? I mean, they can't all sit there and pretend that nothing is broken when everything is broken. And it's it's also interesting, I think, that both of the kids have started to recognize Jordan as a little bit of an obstacle to things ever getting back to normal. Charlie sees an unfinished friendly text message that Lily is getting ready to send to Jordan on her phone. She is, like, not seeing anything really wrong, I don't think, with her relationship with Jordan. I, th- I, d- I don't know if Lily is, like, blinded. I mean, come on. She knows that Jordan kissed her. She knows that he brought the flowers. Like, I think that it's pretty obvious <laughs> that Jordan's into her, and there is a part of me that wonders, is she leading him on, whether it's conscious or not conscious? I kind of think Lily's leading him on a little bit. I mean, how could, how could any man look at her in that black dress? that she wore (laughs) for the photo shoot and like not be into her. I mean, you could just almost see Jordan's eyeballs bug out of his head. She was wearing that. She comes in and she kind of like seductively looks at him with her new dress, with her dress. And it's got these crisscross fabric over her breasts. And it was just, it was very breasty. It was very sexy. I mean, she looked looked incredible. I'm sure that Jordan's tongue was just ready to wag out onto the floor. And I think that that I think that Lily likes that, honestly. I think that Jordan simply makes her feel good. I mean, I I I I wonder, do you guys think that Lily's leading him on? Do you think she's leading Jordan on? I I I I, I I wonder if there is a kernel of that. I don't think she's trying to move on from Kane necessarily. I don't think that's where her head is. I think she is conflicted, but I think when it comes to Jordan... She really likes that he just makes her feel good. He makes her feel desirable. He, and, and things are just simple with him. There's nothing but fun. Nothing but feel good. Whereas with Kane, it's just all complicated. The problem is... She's not leaning on Jordan as a neutral party. (laughs) Jordan is not just a friend. He's kissed you, girl. (laughs) You know, you know. Sit down and take a minute and think to yourself, you know that he wants you. I think that's why she second-guessed sending that text message. I think she's questioning whether or not she should continue to try to be close with Jordan. Jordan has an agenda, and it's really obvious. He wants Lily for himself. Everyone can see it. In fact, Hillary is making sure of that. (laughs) Um, 
I kind of liked this week that Kane told Jordan off. He confronts him at the athletic club and he says to him, look, I see what you're doing. Don't come to my house. Don't sit in my chair. Stay away from my wife. <laughs> I thought, good for you, Kane. <laughs> good for you. I mean, Jordan is still moving in on a married woman, right? I mean, he kind of is moving in on a married woman. And even if Jordan does manage to get her for a while, he's setting himself up to be the rebound. Hillary knows a little something about rebounds, doesn't she? Hillary tells Devon <laughs> that, uh, you know, that Jordan is coming on to Lily and he's got his, he can't be trusted. I mean, like Hillary knows exactly how to wind Devon up. He can't be trusted. He's coming after Lily. And I'm just concerned about Lily. She winds him up and just points him in Jordan's direction. And Devon becomes like the second person in the week to confront Jordan, tell him to stay away from Lily. Do you think think that any of this is founded? I mean, is it all Hillary winding up Devon and Kane just to get, you know, for her own benefit? Or do you guys think that Jordan is actually overstepping on Lily and Kane's relationship? That's my poll question for the week. I'd love to get some discussion around Jordan and Lily and the intentions. Like, what's going on here? What should be going on here? Do you feel that it's inappropriate that Jordan is... You know, as soon as Kane's out, Jordan's coming in. Or do you think that he is just helping her move on? YRChat.com. I'd love to get some um, comments, some conversations, some votes in, in that poll. Do you think Jordan is overstepping or is he just being friendly with Lily? I mean, is it up to Lily to uh, to set the boundary there? Um, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what you guys think because Jordan seems to think it's no big deal. He's, I mean, consistently... When Kane uh, brought it up, when, when Devon brought it up, Jordan has said, so what? I'm friends with Lily. So what? <laughs> Lily's a big girl. She can make her own decisions. And I agree. I do agree with that. But I also wonder if YNR is going to pull out some kind of shady past and, and just like spin that on us for Jordan, like maybe even make him dangerous somehow. I wonder if we're going to possibly see Devon and Hillary, of all people, maybe teaming up to save Lily or to save Lily and her marriage, maybe repair their own marriage in the process. Uh, I mean, Hillary and Devon continue to bond every single week. Every single week, Hillary and Devon get closer. Devon and Mariah get further and further apart. I mean, look, no doubt Hillary is no angel. I mean, I'm not making excuses for her, but I the, the thing that I feel largest about her character is the fact that, like, Hillary's str strongest redeeming quality is her love for Devon, is the fact that she she does seem to care about him. She does seem to know him. He knows her. And I, I don't know, I'm starting to think maybe Devon is just one of these guys who likes a little bit of risk. <laughs> maybe that's just the kind of woman he needs and wants. So what are we waiting for? Like, at this point, I'm so annoyed that <laughs> Hillary and Mariah continue to fight over Devon like mean, petty girls every single week. 
I'm over it. Like, okay, it's getting old. Clearly, Devon and Mariah are over. Hillary does not need to continue to twist the knife. She doesn't have to beat us over the head with it. Mariah knows it's over. Devon knows it's over. The audience knows it's over. We get it. Kane does seem to be making some emotional progress in his life. He finally starts taking responsibility for the situation with Victoria, saying it, it really wasn't Victoria's fault. I think that's the, the right thing to say. It's the right thing to feel. Kane is responsible for his own actions and for everything that went down. And I think that a really great way to demonstrate this, a really nice first step to show his family that this is, that this is right, that this is how he feels feels would be to let Maddie start seeing Reed. I mean, like Kane is saying it's not Victoria's fault. Well, then maybe that's a good reason to start or a good way to start repairing the relationship with your daughter. Let her let her know that this problem that he's had with Victoria was self-created so maybe go to Victoria even and give that mea culpa and allow Maddie to see her son. I mean, what is the harm in letting this teen relationship run its course? I, I'm sure I am not going to love every stupid boy that my daughter brings home, but they're teenagers. Who cares? In reality, they'd be broken up in three months. Keeping them apart is just adding fuel to the fire. <laughs> Of course, it makes good drama because now Maddie and Reed are sneaking around. They're stealing kisses at the coffee house out in the corner, which Hillary totally sees and better not even think about revealing. If Hillary seeing Maddie and Charlie, she if she goes and just like busts them up and does anything to try to reveal Maddie and Charlie's relationship, I think I'm going to lose all respect for her. That would be so unnecessary and cruel. I'm guessing that her seeing Maddie and Charlie was just more of her taking a little note about what's going on inside the home because she knows from talking to Kay that Kane doesn't want them seeing each other. So I'm hoping that that's all there is to it. Um, <laughs> Maddie really cutely makes up a story. <laughs> Uh, to, to tell her parents that she's working um, after school uh, at the school play, okay? Uh, and that's why she's got to put in some extra hours at school, but she's really meeting up with Reed at every opportunity that she gets. She's definitely going to get busted on this one. But in a surprising twist, Charlie who has been against Maddie and Reed all this time, is covering for her. It was so freaking adorable that at the, sitting at the, at the breakfast table, Lily's questioning Charlie about, uh, you know, where Maddie is. What is it exactly about this new school activity that Maddie's doing? And he has to tell Lily, uh, like, he he wants to help Maddie further this lie. And he tells Lily that, oh, she's, she's busy being a dream. Drama nerd, dramaturg, not drama nerd, dramaturg. He looks on his hand and he has the word dramaturg written on his hand. It was just so freaking cute. <laughs> I loved that scene. And I 
I think I loved it so much because it really shows the strength of the relationship of these two characters as siblings, as twins, and as friends. I, I really, I just like the actor who plays Charlie very much. I think he has a lot of potential uh, for the future of, of, of the show. Let's get Charlie a girlfriend. It's about time for that. Uh-oh, Graham has been caught doing Dina's homework for her. <laughs> um, Dina lets him look over another one of her Jabot reports, and Ravi, being the computer whiz that he is, happens to notice a correspondence uh, via email that's coming through on Dina's laptop where Graham and Dina are specifically talking about this report. So Ravi shows Ashley. Ashley thinks this is incredibly unprofessional, and she calls Dina into the office and reprimands her for this. Ooh. I felt really bad for Dina in, in that scene. I think she seemed offended, of course. She always kind of has this offended air about her, should you question her. But moreover, I'm sure that she she's humiliated. I think, she's, she, I think that that is very embarrassing for her. She wants so much to prove to her children that she can be valuable to them at this late stage in their relationship. And to be called out like that, I think, was, was probably very embarrassing um but it's really in ashley's mind more about the fact that she doesn't trust graham having insider information about jabot ashley thinks that he is going to take those secrets that he learned and sell them or or worse who knows um ashley orders which she should have done and kind of have a, has alluded to a couple uh, a couple times a, she wants a full background check on this guy she wants to know everything she can know about Graham. So do I. Let's get there. Um, and even in the preview for next week's shows, Jack is learning that Graham saw Dina's report, and he's certainly not comfortable with it either. In fact, he's outraged. Ah, but odd timing. <laughs> Graham has mysteriously left the country. He has some kind of problem with his apartment in Paris that requires him to go back to Paris and, and deal with it. So Graham just out of nowhere is like, uh, uh, problem with my apartment, gotta go. And he, he just flies off to Paris, leaving Dina drinking and shaking, <laughs> shakily, bringing the the, the 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 cup up to her mouth. Um, what was that about? I don't know. I mean, Dina had just in the argument with Ashley made a comment to her about you know you know saying you know Graham is you have nothing to worry about Graham. Graham is my confidant. I trust him. And in fact, she said something like the amount of comfort that 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 I feel having someone who I trust at this stage in my life, who I know won't leave me, is, 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 you just can't understand it, Ashley. Just, just knowing that I'm not alone brings me a great deal of comfort. So I, is that it? Was Dina so shaky because Graham left her and now she has that sense of feeling alone? Or is she realizing maybe that the walls are closing in on the true nature of her and Graham's connection? How much do you want to bet 
that whatever background check happens and whatever is revealed about Graham's history, that Graham is just another love child of of her of Dina's relationship with Brent Davis. I think that I, there's a very strong possibility that Graham is Ashley's brother and Jack's half brother. Stroke my cheek. <laughs> I got a feeling that Ravi wants Ashley to stroke more than his cheek. <laughs> that was last week's Who Said It quote. Of course, it was Ravi. They're standing there in the office, and Ravi wants to prove that he uh, has, has used these new Parker Beauty products and that his face is so smooth, Ashley should stroke it. <laughs> It was funny. I read, um, I was looking at the my soaps in depth, and the editors of that magazine were like, we love Ravi and Ashley, which is so opposite of how I started to feel and how you guys seem to indicate that you feel, too. It's like, ugh, Ashley and Ravi just feel so awkward to me. It felt like she's was pushing him away, um, and, and then now all of a sudden it's kind of back. I just don't know what to make of those two. I just think that YNR missed the opportunity for them, and now they either need to work to build Ravi and Ashley's relationship up again, or it needs to be done. The other thing, too, is I kind of, I, I'm a, I really almost wish that Graham wasn't Ashley's brother, because I think Ashley and Graham could be a good possible match. Um, or they could bring back Dr. Neville, damn it. <laughs> Flashes in a pan. Well, pretty much a lot of people got that right. I've got, what, 16 people here who guessed that that quote came from Ravi's lips. It was Sandra, Nancy, Henry, Jillian, Colleen, Toby, Heather, Bonnie, Becca, Jamie, Ambreen, Leanne, Justin, Tony, and Tanya. <laughs> All of you guys guessed that one right, but I think this week's one is a little harder. So, so I'm guessing not everybody's going to get this one, but it was a it was a it was a cute moment, and I think it is an apt statement. Here it is: uncomfortable is the norm around here. It kind of is, right? <laughs> uncomfortable is the norm around here, and also probably a little bit of why we watch the show. <laughs> we like that uncomfortable. Uh, so who do you think said that? If you think that you know, go to yrchat.com. There is a box where you can just enter your guess, and if you get it right, then I will give you your big shout out when we come back for next week's YNR Chat. Okay, let's get down to our comments. I had a lot of people wanting to weigh in on the Phyllis versus Victoria poll debate. I loved a lot of the comments, passionate comments that we got. Uh, let's start with Marion here at YRChat.com. She says, Billy clearly felt something when Victoria kissed him, although that kiss did not have as much chemistry as the one he shared with Phyllis. What do you guys think about that? I mean, I don't know. I gotta say, I feel like the passion is with Billy and and, and Billy and Phyllis seem to have the, the, the heat for me. I mean, Billy and Victoria certainly do share a family. They share history. And, you know, B uh, Victoria was saying this week about how when they first got together, she 
liked the, you know, the, that version of Billy who was kind of silly, but now it's something different. I don't know. I just think it just happens to be that this Billy and this Phyllis seem to have a really good connection. I mean, they just both are bursting with personality. Just to me, that seems that that's the match. But, you know, I mean, not everybody felt like that. Um, Zuperplex at YRChat.com says, I'm really hoping Phyllis wins because Victoria is a soulless, heartless, screeching banshee. <laughs> oh my, that's putting it down sharply. <laughs> How do you really feel? Uh, Kiki at YRChat.com says, I believe Victoria will come out on top because Phyllis is her own worst enemy. I think we all kind of realize that too. If Billy and Phyllis break up, it probably is going to be because Phyllis puts her foot in her mouth or something. And that's, that's Victoria's entire strategy. Just waiting for Phyllis to mess up. She said that all along. Like, that's all I have to do is just wait for Phyllis to mess up and I'll get Billy back. And here we are. Um, Anna left me a voice message last Sunday, and I just love this point so much, and I think it's evergreen here. Um, Anna says in the voicemail, how can you guys feel sorry for Phyllis? She tried to take away Billy's livelihood. Even if Victoria wasn't in the picture, Billy has been looking for something to be successful at his entire life. What Billy did was nothing that Phyllis wouldn't have done. I really like specifically that point because it, it gives a, a little bit of depth to Billy's character and to his motives. By Phyllis going after Brash and Sassy, she is taking a shot at something that Billy really cares about. And it's not, it isn't just about Victoria. It is. He loves Victoria. He's still, he, has, he has history with her. He wants to help her. But there is that added element. That's just, that's just beautiful, Anna, that you would bring that up because it just, it just adds to Billy's person, who he is independently of these both women, that this is a business, this is something that he can feel a piece of ownership with. This is something that he can feel good at when in so many ways, Billy feels good at nothing. He is the forever screw up, you know, that, and, and, and now finally he's got something where he's not screwing up and Phyllis is, is trying to take that away from him. Wow. I, I just love, I think that's such an interesting perspective. Uh, Colleen at YRChat.com says, I love the way Tognoni plays Phyllis. However, I don't think this gentler version of Phyllis is conniving enough to outplay Victoria's steel trap mind and ice queen heart. <laughs> Victoria really is steely right now, isn't she? There's just like, she seemed like she was warming up for a little bit. And now it does almost seem like she's just this robo Victoria with no, no nothing going on but, but wires and sparks in there, you know? Uh, Mary Ann at YRChat.com says, these writers have overwritten Victoria to the point where I would welcome a month-long conference in another location that takes Victoria off the canvas. Uh, there's an episode count on, a, on Soap Opera Network website, uh, and the last time I checked, it puts Victoria at over 100 episodes just this summer. I guess I hadn't even thought about that. I, I, I think I... 
I seem to embrace Victoria for one reason or another, even though I don't really want her to win Billy. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I haven't been feeling sick of Victoria, but that's so interesting that maybe that's the reason why so many people are, that maybe she's just getting like oversaturated. That's the problem that I started feeling with Michelle Stafford's version of Phyllis. They had her in like every scene all the time. It was, oh, it was overdone and it ultimately did turn me off of the character. I would argue, uh, just on a total separate tangent, that they're kind of doing the same thing with Hillary. I think the writers are overwriting Hillary. She doesn't need to be involved in every single storyline. They're just going to end up turning the fans off of her, and I think that's already happening. Um, Leslie at YRChat.com says, Why an teased us with Phyllis and Scott? And I would hate to see Phyllis take another man from Sharon, but that would be a good story. Then he can leave Phyllis for Abby. <laughs> yeah, I almost do wonder what would that do to Phyllis and Lauren's relationship if Phyllis struck up a, a romance with Scott. But it's so clear what the trajectory is there for, for uh, Abby and, and Scott. In fact, Daisy on Facebook here says, the childish bickering between Scott and Abby is a little much. I'd love to see this storyline move forward and these two get together. I think Sharon will be fine, and unless Zach kidnaps and holds Abby for ransom, she'll be fine too. And even if Zach kidnaps Abby, Scott can help her pick up the pieces and move forward. Um, and backtracking on this storyline, I was wondering if Victor knows who Zach is and was actually playing him, which means Victor has people watching Zach so Abby will be safe. I hope that's the case or something similar uh, storyline with Victor saving the day. Um, okay, well, first of all, I, I, I kind of liked the little bit of bickering at the athletic club between Scott and Abby. It was funny, but I will agree they need to pull it back a little bit. And we'll see what I, I am interested to know what a Scott Abby dynamic would be in the bedroom. Um, I know Sharon will be fine. Um, at least, at least Scott, did I say Zach? I hope I didn't. But at, at least Scott and Abby, um, it, it makes, it gives Abby something. You know, I mean, there's a whole lot of nothing for me when it comes to Abby. At least Scott makes her something. <laughs> um, the other thing uh, that you mentioned, too, is about Zach potentially kidnapping Abby. I do wonder if Abby is in a little bit of danger here. Um, we saw the very first flashes of Zach starting to be aggressive with Abby. Um, he stood her up on a date and she is telling him, you know, you, what, what's wrong with your thumbs? You couldn't message me and tell me that you weren't going to be here? What were you doing? Off running a sex ring? <laughs> and he rather, like, he is kind of mea culpa, but he's also so smug about it all. And he yells, she gets up to, to, to walk away. And I can't, I don't, I can't remember what he said, but I think he said something like, don't walk away from me. Or there was a, there was an element of danger for the first time that, that I picked up on there. Um, and I do wonder, if that's going to develop into something where Abby is in the line of fire and Scott's going to have to save her, or maybe Victor's going to help save her, because you also make a good point that how could Victor have done a complete background check on this guy and not pulled up whatever it was that he had a shady past about? I don't know. Um, I think that could be interesting, though, to see Victor save the day. Um, Sandra 
left a comment at yrchat.com that I really like because you're honing in on Alice's relationship with Crystal. Sandra says, Alice probably represents the lesser of the evils that exist for Crystal. With Alice, Crystal has someone to talk to, a beautiful house to live in, food to eat, and pretty clothes. The alternative for Crystal is most likely dumpster diving for scraps and probably sleeping at the bus terminal, so that's why she stays with Alice. Having said that, the sex ring storyline makes me sick. I hate Zach and I want someone to punch him out or put a bullet in him. <laughs> the end of this story can't come soon enough for me. <laughs> I like that, um, that that you're shedding some light there on Crystal's state of mind. Um, and may, hopefully I shed, was able to make some guess about Alice's state of mind earlier. Um, I, I just think that also Crystal is totally brainwashed at this point. Zach's the one who's doing it. He's obviously going to get caught or killed or something, but I, I do agree that I don't want this to drag on too much longer. It's getting to be a bit much, but we are also getting into false sweeps, so I'm assuming somebody's going to get killed here soon. <laughs> Something. Um, Aaron on YouTube is noting a little bit of a storyline hole that I'm noting, too. Uh, Aaron says, so what's going on with Nikki, Tessa, and Reed? We suddenly don't see them interact with each other anymore. Nikki just moved out of the house and doesn't even tell Tessa or let her know or even mentions her anymore. Is Tessa still teaching Reed music? We don't see them in the scenes anymore. I wish YNR would address those issues when they do character change scenes like that. That's the thing too, is I feel like YNR, it's another, it's another like indication. I feel like YNR started with Tessa on a certain trajectory and then they went, oh, hmm, maybe we could do this. And they just shot it off in a different direction. So Tessa no longer has any relationship with Nikki, no longer has any relationship with Reed. She's just caught up in the romance now. Um, Consuela at YRChat.com is loving the Reed and Maddie romance. I am too. Uh, and Consuela says there have been rumors of a teen pregnancy storyline between Maddie and Reed. Now that would be interesting, Consuela says. I wonder... It would be kind of interesting to see little Maddie fall from, from Grace, right? She's a little Miss Perfect. I mean, who knows? I don't know. That, I don't know, a teen pregnancy storyline. Who knows? YNR could go there. Um, Daisy on Facebook says, when do we find out that Juliet is not carrying Kane's child? <laughs> I don't think that Kane is the father. I think it's possible that Juliet started planning ways to get Kane the second she laid eyes on him. That's exactly, like, I feel like I'm constantly reserving for that possibility because I feel it too. I just don't believe somehow that they're going to, that Weiner is going to keep Juliet on the scene here with Kane, you know, and this other child. Just something, something has to twist there. I'm going to guess that it's got to happen within the next month or so. Um, actually... I got an interesting voicemail from Michael, and Michael had a little bit of a prediction saying, Hillary's building up a lot of enemies around town. I believe that Juliet is going to be mistaken for Hillary and is going to end up face down in that pool upstairs. 
Ooh, see, I kind of feel like I've always thought, is there going to be a little bit of a murder mystery around Julia, especially when the sexual harassment lawsuit was coming up? There were so many people that would have had motive to kill her. But that's interesting that maybe Hillary is being inserted into so many people's lives because there's going to be an attempt on her life or something. And, and the other thing, Michael, that makes me think, hmm, that's an interesting prediction is because there was that scene last week or the week before where for no other reason, it seems, Juliet was commenting on Hillary's wardrobe. She had, Hillary had just gotten back from New York and Juliet was saying, oh, I like your outfit. And Hillary was saying, thanks, I got it in New York. And then Hillary was commenting on, on uh, Juliet's new maternity clothes. And they're just, I thought, when you said that about that prediction, I thought, well, I wonder if that is possible. Maybe they're going to have a similar outfit. Maybe that was Brett Little Seeds. Seeds being uh, sown, possibly. I don't know. Um, Gary had left me a comment uh, that I thought was it, it poked a little bit of an interesting hole here in Kane's, I guess, frame of mind or him fixing his life. Gary says, has Kane ever really explained to Lily his view of the way things happened with Juliet, that he never seduced her, that he woke up, found the earring, found the camisole, asked Juliet about it, and Juliet said nothing happened. Has Kane ever told Lily that it wasn't until days, weeks later that Juliet even told him that they slept together? I really like that point, Gary, because I kind of don't think so. I'm not sure, has Kane ever really said that about, like, the fact that he really legitimately does not remember it and that Juliet told him she didn't know like I just wonder if that might give Lily a little bit of something else to chew on I don't know then again it probably goes against what she's told Kane she wants him to do which is to stop acting like a victim um and start taking responsibility I don't know maybe Kane has used too many excuses maybe that wouldn't be a good strategy for him um Jamie left uh, a comment at yrchat.com saying, Ugh, Hillary is so freaking desperate, devious, and cringy this week. I was left shaking my head and yelling, Oh no, she didn't, at my TV during every one of her scenes. Victoria is right up there with her. Isn't that interesting, right? People maybe are just getting sick of Hillary and sick of Victoria. Yeah, um, I'm thinking also to another voicemail that Gary had left. Um, and I like the way you posed this question uh, about Hillary and her intentions. Um, Gary says, if there was no Lily and if there was no Mariah, would it be as hard for Hillary to let Jordan and Devon go? I mean, it, that's the problem, I think, with the writing around Hillary is that we're not seeing her having legitimate, like, heartfelt reasons for wanting to get up in Jordan's business, get up in Lily's business, Devon's business, Kane's business. Like, what we're seeing mostly, it seems, it seems, um, is that she's just doing it to be manipulative and because she doesn't want Lily to have Jordan and it's all, and she doesn't want Mariah to have Devon. It's just all very petty. If Mariah and, uh, and Lily weren't uh, factors, or if, if Mariah and Lily weren't factors in any of this, do we think that Hillary would even, like, 
care. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Beatrice at YRChat.com says, I truly think that Hillary is a snake. And for her to play so many people at once makes me sick to my stomach. She doesn't want Jordan or Devon. She wants them because they're prizes to her. Like, she's so irresistible that both men wouldn't be able to say no. And Consuela at YRChat.com says, is manipulation like Hillary's default setting? It seems like every time she opens her mouth, she's manipulating someone. Yeah. I mean, YNR needs to do some work here. They really do. Because <laughs> I like Hillary. I want to like Hillary. And it does seem like they are taking her down a path of destruction. It's got to be a reason, right? Um, JoJo on YouTube makes a good point here about uh, the Brash and Sassy Jabot deal here. Um, JoJo says, with Billy gaining access to Jabot's main server with Dina's password and viewing the marketing analysis that reveals their intent to push Brass and Sassy out of Fenmore's, I wondered why Ashley wouldn't have been able to have easy access to view this if Dina could, right? Um, I think that's, it's just, that's interesting that Billy found out this information. He, he knows, like, Jack is behind this and that they're trying to push Brash and Sassy out of Fenmore's. But when he talked to Ashley about it, she didn't seem to know anything. But yet we know that Ashley has seen that report. So why is it that, you know, Dina's been, or Ashley's been privy to all of Dina's reports. So why doesn't Ashley know that? That's just a, an interesting and good little hole, I think. Um, Sandra at YRChat.com says, Graham leaving suddenly for Paris after having full access to Jabot's computer and strategies regarding Parker Beauty products reeks of a double cross on its way. They didn't return to Paris to finalize the merger on sale or even to rewrite Dina's will. The lawyers flew to Genoa City, but an apartment issue sends Graham off? Nope, not buying it. Also, I was wondering if it could be possible that Graham is Brent Davis's son, but no relation to Dina. Perhaps she took him in after Brent Davis died, and there lies the loyalty to Graham, uh, the loyalty that Graham has to Dina. And maybe Dina feels protective of Graham because he is her daughter's, Ashley's, brother. That could be it, too. <laughs> but yeah, I wonder... Because, okay, here's the thing. What if, yeah, what if it's both? What if Graham is being um, manipulative or he's going to steal Jabot's secrets or whatever, and then it's revealed that he is a brother or a distant relation or whatever? How does that change the dynamic of these people kind of being forced together through family, but also uh, on opposite sides of the fence? I like that. Um... Nathan on YouTube uh, left me a, a, a good open-ended question here saying, what would you like to see, Allie, when Mal Young takes over 100% in October? I'll toss that out to, to the crowd, too. Uh, we all know that Sally Sussman and Kay Alden are out at YNR, so we've got a full Mal Young reign. He is the executive producer, the head writer, the whole kit and caboodle. Um, and it does, I will say, it does seem like the wheels are starting to come off of a couple of things as we are getting down to the end of Sally and Kay's reign. Um, so what would you guys like to see when Mal Young takes over? For me, I, I like I, you know, like I just said, first of all, I want to see some revamping of Hillary's character. I, we need to see some vulnerability in order to, to, for me to continue to justify her to you guys. It's like everybody's telling me every week, like, I hate Hillary. And here I'm like, well, but making excuses. Help me, Wyatt, help, uh, help me help you <laughs> uh, like Hillary a little bit better. And the other thing that I would like to see 
is, I know you guys are going to kick me for this. I would like to see Nikki and Victor reunited. I think that that's the, if, if we're looking at things, number one that need to be done to fix the show. <laughs> I want to see Nikki and Victor united. I mean, come on. You all know they're all going to, Nikki and Jack, yes, fine. They're cute for now. But you all know that Nikki's going to go back to Victor eventually. So let's just get it over with. And furthermore, like, would it be so bad to have one stable couple on the show? And so we have come to our end. <laughs> um, now it's your turn, actually. I'd love for you guys to leave me your comments, your thoughts about the show. You can go to yrchat.com, leave some comments on the blog. Uh, you can find the Facebook, uh, the YouTube. You can call into my voicemail at 309-588-4569. There's lots of ways that you can give me your feedback. And of course, you can like vote in the polls, get the quote, uh, you know, all that stuff is at the website um and i will be back here next sunday to find out where we are in our journey hopefully some progress being made on this wrapping up the sex ring <laughs> and maybe a little bit more info about graham that's what i'm hoping for 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 next week um okay so i will see you guys then i hope everybody has a good one i love you bye